Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and everything in between, welcome back to the Kevin Clifton Show. Um, I know there was a bit of a, a takeover last week. It wasn't me talking last week, so I, I apologize as much as I can possibly apologize for putting you through an hour or so of my sister talking. Chasha Bullet, she was good, uh, from the She's Not a Dancer uh, she's not just a dancer podcast. Um, yeah, Tasha and my sister Joe. And Tasha was very good. Joe rambles on a lot. We all know that. Um, but I said that they could do a takeover of the podcast last week. But yeah, give their podcast a listen. Um, the She's Not Just a Dancer podcast. Uh, they, they talk a lot of stuff about um, about dancing and the process and, and the life of of dancers. Um, but thank you very much for listening to my podcast and everything that we've been doing. Um, it helps us out massively. If you, um, if you're not yet subscribed to the podcast, hit the subscribe button and, um, maybe even leave a rating and a comment, a nice comment. If, if, if you think it's crap, don't leave a crap comment. Um, yeah. So apparently the, all of that stuff helps us out in terms of the algorithms, in terms of, uh, getting the podcast out to, to more people and more people becoming more and more aware of it and what we're talking about. Um, so yeah, after the monstrosity that was my sister Joanne talking last week, we're back to <laughs> a regular good value episode <laughs> of, of, uh, of me talking. And I've got a wicked guest on uh, who's a really good friend of mine and who is an acting coach I'm going to get you all to follow him on Instagram, actually, because not only is he an acting coach and a very good one, but he also puts a lot of value out on his social media, just in terms of mindset and how we should approach different things. Um, talking about things like confidence and imposter syndrome, and um, he's always running when he's doing these doing these videos. So he's a very motivated guy himself. So I've got him on to to tell us all about it, purely because I think we've talked a lot about. Um, lockdown and uh, how we've all reacted to this last year this situation obviously it's been very difficult for a lot of people but at the same time i hope that some people have been able to find some space to sort of reassess reevaluate make some decisions what do i want out of my life what do i want as i come out of lockdown what would i love for myself for my life all those kind of things and uh, my guest who's about to come on is very big on all all that kind of stuff and that conversation and he's got some great advice to give us all alongside his advice on acting so let's bring him in mr matt zena how you doing mate yeah that was like the best pre-frame i've ever had cheers mate brilliant work uh, yeah i'm really good actually mate really good thank you so much for inviting me on i really do appreciate it no thanks for coming on i thought we needed a bit of like proper conversation after uh, joe you know, struggling away last week. <laughs> I'm kidding, oh, I'm kidding. Everyone again. I've been, by the way, I've been in the middle of this, all right? I've actually stupidly done an acting coaching session with both Joe and Kev. Um, yeah. And it's an experience, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. So, so for all the listeners, Matt has, has coached both of us at different points, but also had us both in a session at one time. And we were going through a script. Okay. And obviously we're just... Um, trying to outdo each other and uh, you know tearing each other apart and at the same time can't take each other seriously so <laughs> going through and then that. both coming to me and saying who was the best who was the best <laughs> we all know who was the best <laughs> and, and saying exactly that because Joe said exactly that as well <laughs> um, so I've recently uh, read 
Jay Shetty's book. I don't know if you've read it. Think like a monk. No, really good, really good book. And there's this um, test that you can do in the book um, that, you know, one of those like multiple choice questions. And if it's mostly A's or if it's mostly B's or whatever, you know, you, you more lean towards this. The sort of thing yeah. that we used to do when we were kids that would tell us whether we're going to be a pop star or an actor or not, or, you know, whatever. Like um, I got. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so this one was all about sort of what natural role you fit into as a person, you know, the sort of different, different people um, have different roles in life, in their friendship circles, their community, their, um, you know, their jobs, um, yeah. that kind of stuff. And, and he was sort of writing about what people sometimes want to do or think that they should, should be doing, but actually like take this test to realize what your natural fit is and what might be a better idea and whatever and I couldn't help uh thinking um as I was as I was doing it that one of the roles was like a guide and a a teacher and I thought you sort of fall I reckon I don't know you might tell me different but you fall very easily into that category I think of like you're a very sort of natural fit as a as a teacher you're a very natural teacher and a guide do you reckon that's fair and has it always been that way it is one of one of the, one of the major things that I study is, is archetypes. So it's a very similar concept, right? Um, and one of the things from uh, kind of my study on it, and I've got a book coming out shortly called The Trinity, um, mm. and I go into it quite deeply. Um, and and where archetypes develop from, um, and yeah, that kind of one of my archetypes is guide. Mm. I like it, stroke teacher. Mm. Um, and actually, one of the major kind of sources of archetype comes from actually just our profession sometimes that we even just fall into. So it takes on, um, we kind of take it on as an archetype, as an identity. Um, and the one thing that's really strange for me is, is I started off as a teacher, uh, as an acting coach, incredibly young. So I actually started off, would you believe, at 16 as an acting coach. Now, what happened is the stage school I was I was at, we did these kind of guild hall exams, right? And I and I kind of swept right through them and got to the stage where it was like, well, what do we do with him now? Um, and so they said, right, well, you can help others towards their kind of guild hall exams. So I started teaching at 16 at such a young age. So whether it was something that I was kind of born with or whether it was a, a kind of an archetypal thing that just happened. But one of the things that I have noticed is, is it's something to do with you take on the identity of something that you do very regularly. And I think because I started from a young age, I, t- I, I, I seem to take on that identity really, really young. And when you take on an identity, as you probably know, you kind of take in the information that helps you with your identity and mm-hmm. it just becomes part of your person. And yeah, I do feel like very much that that is my purpose, if, if mm. you like, definitely. Mm. And it's kind of gone into so many different avenues. You know, it started off as just acting coaching. Um, and now as I've developed as a person, as I've taken on different identities, it's, it's like you've already kind of alluded to. It's gone into kind of mindset elements, you know, helping other people in that way as a guide, as a teacher, um, business kind of marketing branding which as you know comes into our industry quite a lot so yeah absolutely um that is a big part of my identity and a big part of who I am and it it, yeah it kind of stems from a few places whether it's 
you know, from childhood or something I was born with, but definitely from having taken on the identity of a teacher from such a young age. You know, I've been doing this 21 years now, acting mm. coaching. Crazy. Yeah. I don't look old. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Such a baby face. <laughs> um, I'm so obsessed with the with the whole conversation around identity. Has it ever wavered for you? Have you ever gone through a period of like, oh, actually, maybe I don't like any of this and maybe this is not who I am? Um, do you know what? I think, yes. You know, I think anyone who says that, because identities change, you know, mm-hmm. and you play around with identities a lot, don't you? Now, one of, the, one of the major massive bits of content that I love to kind of deliver to my clients and my students is, is all about identity, process, and outcome. Mm-hmm. I hope you'll find this interesting, actually, but we've kind of, there's kind of three stages to anything we want to do or anything we want to achieve, right? So if, what, what happens in uh, kind of people make New Year's resolutions, don't they? So they go, right, I want to lose weight. So that's the kind of outcome that they want. So then they go through the processes. They go, right, let's join the gym. Let's, um, let's get good food. So that's all the processes. But the one thing that they always fail, well, not always, some people succeed, but the majority of people fail to deal with their identity. Identity always comes first. So if you think about it, you go to the gym and it's like, I don't identify as a gym person. So you don't feel comfortable in the gym. Mm. So you don't get the outcome. You Kind of a few weeks down the line, you stop going to the gym. If you were to do it in reverse and change your identity first and go, right, I'm a gym person. I'm going to make myself feel like I'm going to change my identity. Then the process and the outcome just takes care of itself. And this is a bit of content that I always tell the people I teach. I say, right, do you tell people that you're an actor? Do you identify as an actor? Do you feel like an actor in every single, you know, kind of aspect of yourself, of your being? Because if you take care of that, the process and the things that you do in your activity, and then eventually the outcome takes care of itself. And that's something that I've always kind of understood really, but never been, been really able to put it into, you know, as clearly as that. And I think identity is such an important thing for anybody who wants to achieve anything because we always fail sometimes to deal with our identity first. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And I'm so, like I said, I'm obsessed by the conversation around identity and I've never really thought about it like that, in that way. Like even, even if, as you said that to me, like I've been doing things, you know, as an actor in musicals and stuff like, like in, in recently in the, la- in the last few years, and I'm doing some more soon. Um, but even, and, and, and it's what I love, and I'm really fascinated by it, and, and I love it, and I love learning, and I love doing it. And, um, but even when people um, ask me, like, just see as you said it then, if someone yeah. says, like, are you an actor, or do you feel like that? I always immediately sort of go, oh, well, you know, uh, you know, uh, well, obviously I'm a dancer, but I, I, I also- Podcast title really interesting. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You're like, don't mention her podcast. She's had enough. <laughs> She's had enough airtime. <laughs> but yeah, do you see? I found that interesting. It's like I'm, you know, I'm just a dancer. She's kind of putting it out there that somehow she identifies herself as just a dancer. You know? And it's, yeah, it's yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's, 
I always look at how people identify themselves because inevitably it kind of works towards their outcome. We've already got into mindset already. Yeah, yeah, no, but I love it because you have to take care of that first and that and that's really interesting. <laughs> and so say someone's thing was like they want to, to be an actor or even if it's just they want to get fitter and go to the gym, but they're not at that stage where they're identifying as a gym person or an actor. What happens there like what's what's the process for getting into that zone if there is well, in terms of mindset mm. well, i think i think a lot of the time it's belief and i think there's there's one thing that um that, that's kind of thrown about and that is belief is an inside job you know now there's a few ways to get belief i think um i think one thing that me and you have both done really successfully is got is, is we've got we've got good mentors mm. You know, mentors, people who have kind of gone on certain journeys are a great way of transferring, you know, a lot of belief, you know, Mm -hmm. because they've traveled that journey as well as that modeling and modeling people who have been on similar journeys to you. Mm. Getting yourself out there and thinking, and and it is an inside job, but you can look around you and you can see people who have achieved things. You can see people... Um, and, and suddenly you start to believe that actually this is an identity that I can adopt. This is an identity that other people have adopted. Why can't I? Yeah. And, it, and for me, the message is, and the message I give kind of my um, actors, young actors, adult actors is, and, and I'm using the kind of hashtag just believe quite a lot because it's a real message. It's like, you have to believe first. Because once you believe, you take on the identity. Once you believe, you match that belief with your activity, the things that you do, you know, the way that you invest in terms of whether it is, um, you know, resources and finance, but really the energy. You invest the, um, you, you invest the time once you believe. And, and, and that's a message that, that I, I find really, really important because that belief does seem to, become an identity if mm. you genuinely believe the reason why we don't take on the identity is because we don't truly believe it right yeah 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 you know? so cool i um i did a tony robbins course uh, a couple of years ago and and he talked yeah. about it in a certain way and russell brand spoke to spoke to me about it in in a similar way as well i think it was tony yeah. robbins it was either tony or, or russell said um described it to me as like when we're a kid we're like a blank sheet of paper and then as we get older we put stickers on ourselves and and it's like this sticker says oh you know I'm a dancer and this sticker says I like this kind of music and this sticker says these are the people I hang out with this sticker says these are the clothes that I wear and it's like we put these stickers on and they and then they end up forming this thing that we call our identity but we think that once the stickers are on that's it now and That's we, exactly right. Yeah. Whereas actually, like, I think it was Tony Robbins in the course was describing it as like, you can, you can take off a sticker. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to have that as my identity anymore. And you can replace it with a different one anytime you like. But for some reason, we like fight for the thing that we've just already built up. And like, That's it. it's like fight for our, our identity. And, and, and for the majority of us at times, that identity doesn't serve us. You know, yeah. it doesn't. Yeah. Totally. Um, absolutely, and, and to kind of take things to the next stage, like 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 
like I've been on a, on a hell of a journey this last six months, like ridiculous. Um, but what I had to do first is, is change my identity. Mm. I had to change my identity first. Um, right. So just, just, just for the, just, just for your listeners, basically um, I, 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 I'm an acting coach. I've been acting coach for a long time and it was really strange, but um I set up a company called the Arch School of Acting, which was kind of regional. But what happened was strangely, I was working as an acting coach for like ITV, BBC. I had high profile clients like yourself and others. Um, but yet, and, 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 but yet I was kind of tucked away in this kind of regional acting school, you know, because I only had kind of a small identity about myself, but my process and my outcomes were actually much bigger than, than my identity. Right. Mm. And, and, and it took me kind of getting a mentor and he's like, what, what are you doing? So you've got these clients, you're working as, a, as an acting coach, you know, all over the country, working on big projects, films, um, an onset acting coach. You've got clients that are, the, um, you know, from different parts of the world. But yet your identity, your identity as it is still shows, you know, this kind of regional acting school. It just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Kind of, and this wonderful mentor um, that I've got, he kind of, he noticed that and he, he dealt with it. He said, look, your self-identity. And he actually said, and this might be really useful kind of for the conversation is, is it's limiting beliefs that you have about yourself, right? And this was a game changer for me, Kev, right? Because um, you know those limiting beliefs? I don't know if you've ever had them and you'll find this interesting, I reckon, because you love stuff like this. You know, we're really on a wavelength with this. Yeah. So things like I'm from Bradford, you mm. know, you're from a kind of town, Grimsby, you know, the, t- yeah. the types of towns out there. Yeah. You get limiting beliefs like, well, I'm from Bradford. What can I achieve? You yeah. know, yeah. I'm from a certain socioeconomic background. So what can I achieve? What can I actually do? And you're given all, all as a child growing up, it's not from anyone's fault, your family or anything like that. But you take on these limiting beliefs, you know, that make you somehow think that you can't maybe have a certain identity, that you can't have certain things. Mm. And what's str- I'd, I'd kind of done it in reverse because of the years of experience and my talent as an acting coach. I'd actually got the outcomes and the processes were all happening. But I was still had limiting beliefs around my identity. And I remember Jo, bless her, she, Jo was was... She was traveling all around with Flashdance, wasn't she? she and yeah. she, what she was doing is she was, she was getting acting training. She wanted to really work on her acting. So she was getting acting coaches everywhere she went all around the country. Mm. And she said to me, bless her, she went, out of all the acting coaches I've had everywhere in the country, you are by far the best. And it was a big moment, that bless her. You know, like literally it was like, mm. and that got, my belief went up, you know? Right. Um, some of the jobs that I was taking on, the clients were taking my belief went up slightly, but I still had these limiting beliefs. And, and what I actually ended up doing was writing them all down and literally burning the sheet of paper. Mm-hmm. I know it's a strange visual thing, right? Yeah. And the confidence and the identity then from September onwards, and it was just this year, probably the last time I spoke to you uh, when we did that call for my clients. Um, yeah. And literally my identity has just changed. I believe that I could lose three stone in weight, which I have. You know, we talked about all the running I've been doing. 
Um, I believe that I could take the Yacht School of Acting and now it's Matt Zena Acting, so I'm front and centre. That's now a global entity. I take on clients. I've got a, I'm, I'm up at two o'clock in the morning tonight do, um, with, um, I think, 20-odd American um, students. So I've got a, a kind of a, an American class tonight. And this is all in the space of six months, just from what we've just discussed before, changing my identity, you know? And then everything else is just taking care of itself. In a way, I kind of had a lag, you know? I had most of the processes and outcomes. It was just waiting for me to change my identity. Yeah. And as soon as I did that, everything has just taken off, you know? Whoa, I've thought for a lot of that, Kevin. <laughs> Honestly, it's so cool. I, I love it. I love it so much because I'm guilty of it myself. I'm, I, I will go like, even though like, so, so Rob Moore, you, you know who Rob Moore is. Some, some of my listeners, um, Rob, they- Rob Moore really resonates with me. Like yeah. I'm reading, reading Life Leverage at the minute. Yeah, just yeah, yeah, it's a good book. Yeah. Um, so he's sort of one of my mentors, been a mentor of mine for, for a few years. And um, he, said to me uh, once you know when I was very sort of like oh I don't know if I can do this and I can do that and he said to me at the same time like just um look at all the things you already have done and acknowledge them it's like you never you never just like sit there and go well I'm this and I'm this and I'm this you just sit there with the he didn't say those exact words but basically these limiting beliefs about what you are or what you could be or or what what you want and and actually and you're proof that it's just it's it's actually it's so doable just to to change your identity like you can like all these things that like we go oh but people say it all the time don't they people go oh I could never do that they see someone do something and go oh I could never do that and and most of the time what what they mean is not physically I actually couldn't they they mean oh I could never do that because I wouldn't put myself forward for it in front of people that sort of thing is people are conditioned you know from from birth for, and the worst thing is it's from it's, it's not bad I mean it's just it's from the people closest to them you know that they're, they're given these limiting beliefs and it's, mm. it's it's actually to protect them you know as a child you know you're told look don't look too far outside of the garden gate yeah. you know to use um but to, to really add value you know to anyone that's listening I would urge you to do this it's it takes seconds but get a piece of paper and write down every single limiting belief that you can think of. Even if it's, I'm not um, good with timekeeping. Even if it's, I'm not good with names. Even if it's, you know, um, I'm a, I'm a mum. What I do with my clients, some of my clients put things like, I have a disability, you know, I have autism. Mm really big things that you would genuinely think are limiting beliefs, but they're just not. And I literally get them to tear that piece of paper up. It's such a, you know, it's and, it, yeah. and, and you can see it, it just releases them because they do get rid of these limiting beliefs. And, and I would urge anybody to do it. I just think it's, I just think it's the most important step um, in my life that I, that, that I ever made understanding that, um, you know, there should be nothing limiting you. This is amazing. And when you talk about identity, it's exciting, right? I mean, yeah. you can literally just change your identity whenever you want. You can literally just decide to be something else, somebody else, anytime, any moment, 
you know, any moment of your life and there's nothing limiting you, nothing. Yeah. I, I, I've said it a few times now. I've got the message across. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to change it from guide teacher to preacher. <laughs> I'm, I'm going down the Russell Brand route now. Yeah. Well, he, but he's an interesting one because he's, his identity has changed completely. Yeah. Like, and and, and, and he, it's him that talked to me a lot about this. Like he, I mean, he, if you compare him from when, you know, he's, he's been quite open about, you know, past sort of addictions and, and, and stuff like that. If you compare him to him in, in that identity to then yeah. Russell Brand, the sort of, um, you know, in Hollywood movies, touring comedian, you know, doing shows at the O2, you know, that, that <laughs> sort of phase of his, of his life to then, I mean, he's still ultra successful, but but I mean, like now, like he's doing a different thing in t- in terms of like the, his content and his message and his teaching. Yeah, you know, like what what he's uh, what he's putting out there and what he's concentrating on, what he's focusing on. And again, it's like another identity. Like it's, I, I find it yeah, so fascinating. Identities that serving him, you know, the identity had before it didn't serve him. But yeah. the identity has now, it is serving him, you know, spiritually and, and physically, I presume, and his health and all of that stuff. And the problem is as well, is, is a lot of people have identities that don't serve them. Yeah. You know, that don't help, mm-hmm. that, that kind of, um, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's that happened to me last year. You know, last time I spoke to you, I was way over, overweight. <laughs> You're too kind to have noticed, but, you know, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was three stone overweight. I wasn't particularly, um, I, there was something missing. Um, I, so, do you know what? Between me and you, the, there's no between me and you when you're on a podcast, right? But the <laughs> missus, <laughs> but the missus kind of goes, I kind of go, there was something I wasn't, I wasn't quite happy. And she kind of goes, oh, what, you weren't happy? And she don't kind of get it. I kind of say, look, the wheel of life is, you know, you've got your relationship, you know, and I've got, I've got the best family you know, I post about it all the time. Brilliant. That side of things, I'm, I'm, I struck gold, you know, in terms of family relationships and stuff like that. But there's so many different aspects to your life and, and, and you can be unhappy in one aspect of your life and happy in the others. And I was kind of happy in my, unhappy in, I think, in, in my professional life, really. You know, because I had so many mixed, mixed up uh, feelings and emotions. So I knew that I needed to take, take steps um, and people like you have been an inspiration to me. I mean, I hope you don't mind me saying, but I think when we first met, you were, you were, I think that you, you were in, not particularly in the best of places, were you, you know, yeah. mm. you know, yeah. and you, yeah. um, the, that you, the things that you've done and, and from there, I mean, and look to look at you now, I think you were in a similar place than I was maybe six months ago, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, again, it was with talking to mentors, as, as we said, like talking to, to people like Russell and, 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 and they just sort of explained this, this to me, like the, you know, the thing about the stickers that I learned about the, at the Tony Robbins course. And, and it was just a few little changes that, um, yeah, just a few little changes can actually go a long way. And it's even sometimes you think, Oh, but I couldn't, but I couldn't do that. I've, I've seen people do that, make that change. Like, you know, yeah. be a real gym person and lose weight, be running at five o'clock in the morning, da, da, da. And you think, oh, but I just, I, I just couldn't. What you really mean is I, I haven't done that before, but I could, I, yeah. I could do that. One of them was um, 
as I, I was I was just going through a rough time mentally and just you know I, I, yeah just a rough period of, of yeah. my life and um, uh, I was going on tour and and Russell said I want you to try something for me as an exercise is um, don't don't have a drink for the tour yeah and my reaction was what not drink on tour <laughs> and he was like but Kev what's so crazy about that like if you were nine years old, you wouldn't be drinking on tour. <laughs> like, yeah. why is it ingrained in you that it's like on tour equals having a drink? It's like, but, but he said, but part of what you've built up like as these stickers is like, um, you know, you'll have a great show one night and then you'll go and have a drink to celebrate. You know, you, the audience will have been brilliant and you just feel like you've performed brilliant and you'll all have a drink to celebrate. Or you'll have you'll have a bad day or the show won't be as good on one night or the audience was a bit quieter or, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And you go, Oh, I'm just going to go to my room, have a drink, take the edge off. And it's yeah. like, you equate everything with, Oh, I'm on tour. So I'll just have a drink. It's like, what if you, what if your, your new identity for two months is that guy on tour who doesn't drink. And I was like, I hadn't even thought that that was a possibility. And it was like, all right, I'll try it. Um, and I haven't had a drink for nearly three years. <laughs> wow. Do you know what? That was the first thing I did, Kev, from September. Yeah. Do you know what? My mentor said to me, exactly, said, look, um, don't have a drink for a month. And I said exactly, what? Oh, yeah. You can't, what? You can't I was like, I'm not looking forward to telling the missus this. <laughs> but, you know, through lockdown, it was, you know, and he said, I said, why? And he, he said to me, he says, just reevaluate your relationship with alcohol. Yeah. And I, you know, I had one month without touching a drop. I did it. I did it. I think he even messaged you actually just saying, you know, like I heard you, because it was just around the time when you'd, you'd done a podcast episode saying right. about what, you know, that conversation. Yeah. Um, and I did it. And it was one of the best things I've ever done because it, again, it, it was like, I did reevaluate my relationship with alcohol. Yeah. And, and now it's kind of like, totally kind of like, if there's a special event, you know, I'll have a, a, a you know, I'll, buy, I'll just buy an, a good bottle, you know, like a really good bottle, but I'll savour it. I'm not yeah. drinking, you know, it, 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 it was one of the best things I ever did, really, really, you know, reevaluating my relationship with alcohol. Because like you say, it's kind of, it's because you're attaching emotion to it. And now I don't attach emotion to it, I think. Yeah. You know, you, you don't even need it. Me, you know, the, the, it's something the missus enjoys. It's nice for me and the missus, but I'm up at 5.30 every morning. So I'm not going to be in nightclubs anymore. You know, I'm not going to be. Because the one thing that I've really realised, and I don't know if you find this, but the beauty of life happens before 9am, not after 9pm. You know, the, the most the most beautiful aspects of life, the most wonderful things you can see, the most wonderful things you can do happen before 9 a.m. and after 9 p.m. You know, the sunrise, you know, getting out, the um, being up with the kids, you know, all this stuff. And what happens after 9 p.m.? Well, I mean, really, you get a bit tired, you maybe drink a bit too much. You know, if you go to events or parties or stuff like that, it's always after 9pm that people start maybe having a bit of a tiff and arguing and stuff. <laughs> it's something I've realised. Do you find that? Um, 
this is this is one of them things that I feel like I probably need to make a change of my identity because yeah. I, I, my I always say to everyone when we talk about this I'm such a night owl yeah but that's also I, I have to acknowledge that that's also me putting that identity label on it oh, that's I'm, limiting belief as well yeah, it's like yeah, I, yeah. I can only you know be a night owl I've got this limiting belief that I can only be creative like at nighttime. I can only have good ideas at nighttime. And, like, and I think it's probably just that's sort of what I've always done. So I've always, right. I've always stayed up too late. I've always gone to bed too late. Yeah, I, 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 was, I was reading um, Rob's um, book at the minute, Life Leverage. Mm. He's getting a few bugs today, isn't he, right? <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. And he, he says that he does most of his writing at four, between four and you know early doors is that right i, I would imagine so with him yeah like he, get, he gets up early and he goes to bed early um yeah. yeah so and 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 he was always very big on i mean he constantly sort of reassesses you know his routines and like what's working for him what's not but i think yeah. he's always, rob's always been very big on like he likes to get all of his stuff done whatever needs to be done get up early and do it yes yeah. smash through it and then the rest of the day's your own like you can hang out with his family, you know, whatever he wants to do, rather than sort of half doing the things you want to do, like with your family or whatever through the day, knowing in the back of your mind, you've got that other thing to still to do. And then yeah. you get to that point and you're a bit tired and whatever. So it's kind of like what you're saying. Um, yeah. Get up early and do it. And then, and then it's out the way. And then you've got your whole day of, to do whatever you want. You know what? That's the biggest change I made. Yeah, I was the same as you. I always used to identify myself as an absolute night owl. You know, and I was, a, you know, in a former life, I was, I was a club DJ. You know, and that was that was my life. You know, and it's yeah. and it, to, and people people look at me like, what's going on with you, Matt? You know, I'm up five thirty every single morning, um, and it has been the key. It's been the absolute key to everything for me. Mm. Um, you know, you. You, you don't really want to drink loads when you're up at 5.30, you know? You don't, you know, you, you are. By the time you get to a certain time when it's not, you're not going to be that productive for me after a certain time, you get to bed and you, you see the sun, sunrise, you know? It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's amazing, really. It's, it's really turned my life around, I think, you know? Not that I, not that I, w- I was ever in a bad position. Mm. I just always had this sense of I'm not achieving my full potential here. You know, yeah, yeah. I have a lot more to give. I have a lot more to do, and I've got a lot of clients and people like that, young actors, actors that re- that are relying on me. You know, yeah. to be their guide, as you as you said right at the beginning. You know, and 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 I've got to 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 be able to serve them, to be able to have, you know, to to have all the tools to be able to serve them, and and you know, I've always done a good job, but not like I am now through. Exactly that, just changing my identity, changing who I am and, and really being that person that's constantly able to add value with energy and big, massive, urgent action, Kev. Big, that's massive, the... urgent action. That's what I keep hearing you saying on all your content. Big, I love it. urgent action. Yeah. <laughs> um, I knew our conversation was going to be like this because we're so like... <laughs> yes, 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 guys. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> that's getting clipped I'm having that when you edit it <laughs> I keep getting on my daughter's friends like you know like, like I'm doing this kind of like you know personal brand a lot of social media content and stuff going out um, on at Matt Zena acting there we go um, 
and all of, all of friends, bless her, in school, they're kind of going, yes, 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 Megan, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and, and as if I've not, as if I'm not putting her through being an embarrassing dad enough, you know, without all this. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so with all of this conversation and everything that you're talking about, like everything that you understand about identity and, and just people, I guess, like the, you, you seem to have a real fascination with, with people and the, the way they work and their, their minds. And I suppose, does that make you a better acting coach? Like, do, does, or do you reckon that helps with, with being an acting coach? Because it's a, surely the process of... Go on, you, you say... I mean, no, amazing question. I know exactly what you're getting at, you know? Um, and I think one of the things, like, that, that, that really kind of... That we've talked about before, even when we did our acting coaching sessions, is you, you seem to really respond well to the understanding of, of how people work as well. Like, I think you've even mentioned on the podcast, when, you know, when I told you about how, you know, the law of reflection, mm. how people work, how people think... You know, and how you really took took on board that that aspect of the acting coaching. Um, tell us about that that law of reflection thing, that exercise that we did. I talk about it a lot, but you tell us how it works. Tell us your your process. Oh right, yeah, no worries. Yeah, the law of reflection is actually um, Sigmund Freud, and what he realised was is when he's kind of studying people, is that people seem to when they're looking at other people, when they're trying to um, when they're trying to describe features of other people they invariably end up describing themselves mm. and the, because what they do is they reflect themselves off of that person it's like they project themselves off that per, on that person and yeah. then take all the features of themselves so if someone said right describe kevin to me i would look at you i'd reflect myself off of you and i go well he's he's friendly <laughs> you know he's confident well, no, sometimes you're not. <laughs> he's friendly, you know, he's, he's, he's this, he's that, he, 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 he loves this, he does that. And, and basically, you just end up describing yourself. Yeah. Now, the problem is with that is like you've talked to me about before, is you then sit in a, sit in a, sit in a rehearsal <laughs> or an audition chuckling to yourself when somebody goes, ah, oh, well, I think my character's like this and this and this, and you're going, ha, ha, ha. You're like that. <laughs> <laughs> honestly yeah you see you, you did that really resonated with you but it's so true isn't it the thing is as well when you hear something like that you see it everywhere yeah yeah everywhere don't you you know and when people are, are describing you as this and that for social media and when you get haters and stuff like that it's, yeah it kind of makes exactly better, right but even like i'll catch like i keep catching myself doing it and like second guessing myself now so like if someone's on tv and i've got an opinion on that person having never met them i yes. then start to i then start to question is that just there's a part of me in that that, that that's why i'm saying it because i don't actually know that person at all i've never met that person so exactly. is that, i just is there a bit of me coming out there that like it's so interesting. Yeah, no, if you've never met that person what is you know it's it's only your reflection that really you you've got um just to qualify it basically actors are always looking for a way in which they kind of can play the character we all know that there has to be an element of you in it otherwise you're not particularly telling the truth you know mm. people like johnny depp you know who who all right he plays all sorts of different characters and you see lots of 
what we call aesthetics. But there's a root to those to a lot of the characters he plays, and that's obviously he's incredibly childish, Johnny Depp. You know, mm. and if you look at like Edward Scissorhands, childish. You know, if you look at uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, you know, childish. He's he's effectively rooting that character with some truth, mm. and that truth is 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 a is a particular personality trait or characteristic. Now, as an act, as an actor, we've got to find a way to find the characteristic that we see in a script, you know, in the character that we're going to be playing. And and the reason why I teach, particularly the the law of, the, the law of reflection, is because it's a very very quick. It's a bit crass, you know, but it's quick and it's easy, and you can. Mm-hmm. And if you write down various ways or various things that you've seen about the character you're playing in terms of characteristics, you've through the law of reflection, you've effectively matched yourself up against that character instantly. And I think, like I say, I think you found that quite useful when playing, um, was it Stacey Jacks? Stacey Jacks in Rock of Ages, yeah. Because yeah. for the listeners, the, 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 what we did in the session was like, you gave me, um, like it was one sheet of paper with a bit of script on it and there was no context given. It was just, it was like, we don't know whether this is a play, a movie from a TV series, whether it's set now or it's some sort of period drama. You don't know who these characters are, what their story is, even really what they're talking about, what they're referring to or whatever. Like no context whatsoever, how old the character is, what they look like, no context, just words on a page. And you got me to, like, we read it together, that like that short script and then, you said, right, write down five characteristics of that character that you're playing. And I wrote down, and I felt so sure about it. I was like, oh, oh, this character is definitely like this. Yeah, from, from, what I've, uh, from what I've read and from what I've now figured out in my brain is that this character is definitely this, 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 and this. And then you were like, okay. And now if there's one thing out of those, like one thing that's really sort of, the most sort of loudest in in, in screams out to you. Yeah, screams out to you. What is this character like? Circle that one. And I was like, yeah, oh, it's definitely that one. You can see it's all in the scripts. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> and then and then you just basically turned it on me and went, but the, okay, the fact is, you know nothing about this person. You know all the things that I've just said: where it is, when it is, what they're like, what they look like, who they are, blah 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 blah. You know nothing about them or their lives, but you've already written down five things and one thing that's definite about this character. And you're like, have a look again. It's like, are these things sort of describing you, especially the one you've circled? And it was like, bang on. It was like, <laughs> bang on. I love it when I teach this, right? Um, like I've been teaching it on Zoom, obviously, at the minute. And so what I've been doing is I've been getting to kind of write this down and then hold it up. And I've shot I've got it locked place. <laughs> and then I've kind of dropped the bombshell on them and I've kind of shown them and I've been like, Oh, <laughs> but I, do you know what I'm saying, Kevin? Do you know what I love? It? This is why you are the best student in the world. You've just been literally being able to, to reformulate the whole conversation, the whole lesson. You know, you do take on like the, the information. It's, it's as, soon, as soon as you've done a class, that's it. You've got that information for life. You know? <laughs> You're like the best student in the world. Well, it just really, it really got me. And, and um, it was when I went, yeah, for the Rock of Ages auditions, uh, not yeah. the, the read-throughs, I'd already got the part. 
uh, the read-throughs, but there was going to be, um, throughout the tour, there was three different actors playing Stacey Jacks. So the first bit of the tour I was doing Strictly, and then the second bit of the tour I was joining uh, to play Stacey Jacks, but um, I couldn't do the whole run because I was doing a couple of months of Burn the Floor, so they had someone else, uh, they had Anthony Costa come in and play it. And, and, yeah. um, and it was so interesting to me that the same show that was touring <laughs> for a year had three different people playing Stacey Jacks. And from what I was told, I didn't see the other guys play it, but from what I was told, all three were completely different. Of yeah. their, their version, they would all read the same script. <coughs> and our Stacey Jacks was were all completely different, which is just brilliant and fascinating. Absolutely. I mean, you, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, some people like, like always are saying like, look, theater acting and, and mm. TV and film acting's different. It isn't really. The, the best way that you connect with an audience is, is through the truth, right? Mm. You know? And if you, and, 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 and if you overly kind of choreograph all your actions and behaviours when you're kind of playing out a role, that's not telling the truth. You know, there has to always be some sense of impulse, instinct, mm. as you kind of sat within that role. And those instincts and your in, impulses are invariably you and your personality. You know, yeah. and, and that is by definition the truth. And, and that's, it doesn't matter whether you sat in front of your television or whether you sat in a theater, you know, you connect with the, the elements and the moments of truth that are displayed for you. Mm. And, that's, and that's what audiences have always liked. That's what all audiences have always, um, you know, those moments of real truth and clarity that, that's 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 what always always wanted, you know. That's what they like, and I suppose, you know, effectively, the reason why we go to the theatre, the reason why we we set ourselves in front of the TV and Netflix is, we as humans, what we're interested in mainly is how do different personalities get on in different circumstances. Yeah, that's what we that's what we see. That's what we want to see. That's what we watch. You know, people, personalities. And circumstances there's kind of you can literally just narrow it down to that yeah and it doesn't matter whether you're in a theater or whether you're a, and i keep stressing that point because you know like people go well i want to be a tv and film actor i want to be a theater actor you know mm-hmm. really apart from a few tweaks and things like that there's no difference there's no difference whatsoever and we need to boil it down to that main purpose of personality circumstance now, there is a difference between personality and circumstance, and that is that circumstance can be made up, mm. but it still has to give the audience a sense of truth. Who's a, you've probably sat there and gone, well, that'd never happen. Switch off, <laughs> you know? That's <laughs> a circumstance not telling the truth, isn't it? It's like, yeah. really? You know? And we, you've probably done that yourself. I've done it. We, that'd never happen, you know? Oh, it's off. Yeah, but yeah. then so that's the circumstance lying to you. And we don't seem to like that as, as kind of audience members, whether mm-hmm. in the theatre. And then the next thing is the personality. And when actors don't really bring a sense of themselves to it in any way, in any way, we don't connect with that truth either. But when there's an element of truth, like the way that you played Stacey Jacks, you know, to rave reviews, Kevin, okay, <laughs> then... It was because you were bringing such an element of yourself. You did that exercise. You realized that you understood exactly the characteristics and the, 
you know, that you shared with that character. And even though it's flamboyant and even though it was kind of, you know, a big, loud show and it is a fantastic show, you still brought truth in both those elements, the personality, the, you know, the personality and the, pe- the person in the circumstance. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, sometimes the best way to look at it. And, and when there's a disconnect in truth, that's when people either switch off, whether they're in the theatre or when they're, whether they're on the sofa um, just watching, you know? Yeah, I, I so I'm a massive fan of um, a particular kind of theatre, um, pro wrestling. So yes. I'm, I'm a massive wrestling fan, right? I love WWE. Like it's been my passion since I was a kid. Uh, I, I just I I love it. And that in itself is a particular kind of theatre, and and it's really noticeable when it gets it really right and when it gets it wrong. So yeah. like you can really feel it, like it really clunks when. You've got like two massive guys, you know, like like that are obviously they're building a storyline towards, you know, a big main event at WrestleMania or or whatever. And sometimes it can feel like there's so much truth in in what's happening, even though you know it's pro wrestling. It's you know, it's it's a cartoon. Yeah, it's a big performance. Um, But sometimes there's so they're so truthful with it and you really believe in the animosity between them and you really believe in what they're saying that you um that you buy into it and therefore you just suspend your disbelief and you want that person to win you know in the end sometimes it can really like clunk if it's like you get two massive guys looking at each other like they want to tear each other's heads off and it's like one of them says well i think you're stupid and the other one goes i'm gonna kill you for that and you think like are you gonna kill him because he said you were stupid is that how adults behave is that actual behavior like and and then and then it feels like and those are the moments when you don't want your girlfriend walking in while you're watching wrestling because all the things about oh this is just fake silliness like that's when it all feels justified what they're saying yeah is that what Stacey says yeah yeah into it but but because I can never get her to watch it long enough to get properly invested in one of the really good storylines that where where it all feels very truthful and there's something real truthful playing out yeah um she she only seems to walk in when it's like some nonsense about the fighting over a scooter or something (laughs) (laughs) well it's like it's like with Harry Potter isn't it you know there's some people who are just like, who are just like, I'm not having it. Harry Potter, all that silliness, you know, all that fantasy and stuff yeah, like that. Like that. The circumstances of that, you know, really, it's really hard to get the belief, you know? It's really hard to get the truth or the belief. So, mm. But that comes from the actor's performance. Because if you think about these two elements that we've just discussed, circumstance and, and personality, what you can do when you look at that scale is, so you can overcompensate with one or the other. Mm. So if you've got not particularly very truthful actors, you can overcompensate with a very truthful circumstance mm. or a bit like Harry Potter or something like that, where you've got not very particularly believable, truthful circumstance. What they do is they overcompensate with really kind of truthful, um, mm. you know, personality-led performances. And I suppose that's why Harry Potter, you know, they've got some of the best of, of, of British, um, you know, TV, film talent really you know because it, yeah. it's a hard sell but the you, you can overcompensate with the truth around the performances it's fascinating really yeah but yeah it really is i like the wwe reference yeah. you had to get that in, didn't you 
<laughs> any excuse to talk about it. Um, do you, I don't know if this is a silly question, but like, do you, um, is there a particular actor or actress that you really admire and you just, you, you just think, you know, they, they do all of this really well. Like who would you give as, as examples of great actors? You know what, I get, I get asked this a lot. Mm. Um, and I always give the same answer and that's Stephen Graham. Stephen Graham, interesting. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and I, do you know what? A lot of people uh, resonate with actors that, that kind of seem to, you, you can model yourself on more easier or maybe they tell a similar truth to you. Mm. And Stephen Graham, kind of working class lad from mm. Liverpool, um, he kind of, he's, he's, you, you know what this industry has been like for a long time, particularly acting, you know, the kind of class system and people not being able to particularly afford to go to London and train and, you know, working class people. And, and I just love his story. But as well as that, in terms of his technique and his acting, there's no, for me, there's there's nobody telling truth mm. in, in their performances like he is. Um, there's nobody... That's doing that, that, that doing what he's doing, and it's been picked up by the the best directors mm. in the world. You know, he's he's he's, he's appearing in things that, he's, that he's that sounds a little like a limiting belief, really. But you know, he's 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 really making making big moves at the minute. Did you did you see the Irishman, Kev? Uh, have I seen the Irishman? Scorsese. It was um, Robert oh, De Niro. Yeah, no, I haven't seen it all the way through. It was very long, wasn't it? It was very long. I'll give you that. Me and Stace started watching it at, at one point when we didn't finish it and we still haven't finished it. Something happened and we had to turn it off and then we haven't finished it yet. Yeah, well, in that, he embodies so many of the values that I kind of pass over to my actors around, you know, telling the truth, being brave as well, you know, having to, yeah. having to be brave, big, massive, urgent action, all of it. Um, there's it. this one scene, I tell you, the best scene, the best scene ever, right? And yeah. he, he talked about it. And... Um, He's, 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 um, who was the main part in The Godfather? What's he called? Not Robert De Niro, the other, the other one. Um, Scarface. Al Pacino. Al Pacino, right. So he's in this scene with Al Pacino and he's like, what, you know, what am I doing here? Type thing sometimes, you know, kick me. Yeah, yeah. And um, there's this scene and he's, and, and Al Pacino is, it says in the script, like he's licking an ice cream, you know, while talking to him in prison. And he, know, and he, and he knows like he's in this scene. And what he's done is he, 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 he just kind of halfway through the scene, he sees this ice cream and he's getting wound up by the fact that he's not, he's more concentrating on the ice cream, you know, he's, and he just hits the ice cream out of his hand. Al Pacino wasn't expecting it. Nobody was expecting it. It was like, it's like one of the best moments in the film. And he, he just, he seems to be so brave and he has so many moments like that, where it's just kind of impulsive and instinctive. And it's your impulses as an actor, your impulses and your instincts that tell the truth. But the problem is with most actors is they can be impulsive or instinctive to a certain degree, but they're limited with their impulse. So they don't dare go to certain lengths. Mm. When we're in life, our impulses maybe take go, go too far in a lot of occasions. We're a bit like, why did we do that? Oh, it was my impulse, my instinct. And then when we're acting, we try to play it safe. So we are being a bit impulsive and instinctive, but we don't go to certain lengths. Not, not that guy. Do you know what I mean? Like he literally relies on his instinct and his impulse 
So, so there we go. That's a that's a real explanation why it's my, my really favorite actor. Great answer. Uh, yeah, and because that reminds me, when we did a session once, you were um, you were talking about being random. Yeah. Like, like just allow yourself. I suppose that's a similar thing with the impulses and 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 just going with them. It's like allow yourself to be completely random because human beings are random. It's like you, you think like, oh, the script says this, therefore I've got to do this. But actually people don't act in sort of ordered ways at all. People are r- random all the time and do random shit all the time. Well, do you know what? That's a bit of a, another trick. I'm like, I'm like the trick acting coach. I trick people <laughs> into good performances. But, but effectively, it changes your mindset around acting. Because if I just say, look, just be random. It's a bit of a trick because what you do when you're starting to be random is you just, you, you have to be impulsive. Yeah. Random, being random is actually being impulsive and instinctive mm. because let's face it, what is being impulsive? It's just a very, very, what is instinct as well? It's just a very, very last minute decision. Mm. And if you're being random in a scene, you're just making a series of very, very last minute decisions. And sometimes like when I'm looking at an actor and one of my kind of jobs um, when I'm kind of working as like, say an on-screen acting coach where I'm having to work with people in short spaces of time and go and kind of quickly have to improve their performances. You know, it's like, how do I do this quickly? And I've learned these special techniques of being able to kind of take the shortcut you know, take the shortcut to instinct, to impulse, to a good performance that's more truthful and more real. And that's one of the ways I've done it, Kev, by saying, look, just be random. And <laughs> what happens, all of a sudden you just, and I love it, you know, people's faces when they've just done a performance and it's really contrived and they've been, you know, they've, they've, you can tell they've over-rehearsed the lines and they've, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a bit like, oh, really? And then I take them off and just say something really quickly within a minute and then they go back and do it, and it just, and it really, I've got a buzz off it, it just changes like that, mm-hmm. you know? And if it's kind of working on set, it's like the director's like, what did you do, <laughs> you know? <laughs> or if it's in a class, you know, the other actors are like, wow, that was, that was quick, and you know, and there are a lot of things you can teach people, you know, without going around the houses, that are just, you know, that you can get, it's kind of, yeah, that you can word quickly and, and, and action quickly. I remember Joe, right? Funny story, you'll love this. Joe was telling me, right? I don't know if she told you this story. but <laughs> she's, she's gone to this acting coach. I won't say where or anything. I won't give any. But he's trying to explain a really simple concept. It's like Stanislav's concept of, of like objectives, you know, having an objective and trying to achieve that objective, right? So he's kind of sat in a chair and he's, he's kind of gone, like, make me leave this chair or get me off this chair without, you know, without touching me or anything, right? Yeah. So she's gone, all right, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> so Joe's, can you, you can just imagine her, can't you, right? So she's like, um, uh, get out the chair, please. <laughs> and then, like, you know, she's paying for this session, right? So she's going, yeah, um, um, it's on fire. <laughs> and like after like 10 minutes of like saying stuff she's just gone get out of the chair I'm paying for this <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine right I'm paying for a session do you just guess me again so she's gone <laughs> she not told you this story no, I didn't hear this oh it's hilarious right <laughs> but the point of the story is she just kind of turned around to me and t- after she told me the story and went 
and you just explained it really easily. You know, you just, you know, she said, she said, you just explained it. When you're a kid, you want stuff, you know? Yeah. So you go to your mum and you say, mum, can I go to 20 quid to go to the cinema? She says, no. So then you start crying. Yeah. And then she says, no again. So you get angry and storm off, you know? And she's I don't know why you didn't just explain it that way, you know? But yeah. <laughs> I think that's, you know, if anything, that's one of my strengths, you know? And it's, I think sometimes in this industry, I don't know if you get this in dancing or, you know, that I think people only see their worth in the fact that they maybe overcomplicate stuff or maybe sound, mm. uh, everything has to sound a bit more grandiose than it is, yeah, rather than just getting straight to the to the point and like making something happen. Big yeah. massive urgent action, Kevin, you know? Massive urgent action. I once had a, um, well, that's definitely the thing in dancing, like in some dance lessons, you can get really bogged down in the, the technical detail of how this should feel from as your weight transfers to here into that hand into your partner as they transfer their weight and what muscle should and then they name the muscles you know it should go through that muscle and then squeeze into that muscle as the other one elongates and da 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 da, da. and and sometimes it's really sort of um like you can romanticize getting into all that and yeah. then i once i had a lesson with um a guy called Peter Maxwell, who was one of the sort of top competition Latin coaches. Yeah. And, um, I went to him and he's very, um, in himself, very sort of um, arty. And, um, you know, you, you know what I mean? Just sort oh. of um, like, if you didn't know what was coming up, you could think probably could be quite pretentious, for, for yeah. example. I'm, I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying, describing that type of, like, <laughs> you know. He's not from a northern town, is he, Kev? That's what I mean. But then it was great. The point of what I'm saying is not to sort of say anything like that against him because the lesson was amazing. I, yeah. I, 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 I um, had, had this lesson with him and, and I thought, right, he's really sort of, you know, and he, he's quite sort of eloquent and intelligent and he's yeah. like that. And I thought, right, I'm going to really have to sort of almost prove myself here in this lesson, yeah. you know, that I can sort of hang with him. And I, uh, and I sort of started getting into the details of all this. And he was sort of looking at me and he's going, right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that muscle and that transfer onto that bone and da, 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 da. And, um, and, and, and he was going, what, what, what do you want? What's the question? What do you want from this move that you're trying to do? And I said, well, what I want, the effect that I want out of this move is this. I want it to go bang, 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 X, Y, Z. And yeah. he went, that's a good idea. And went, so what do you mean? And he went, well, you just said you want to go bang, 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 X, Y, Z. I went, yeah. And he went, do that then. Brilliant. <laughs> I went, what, what do you mean just do, do that? And he, and he went, show me it. Show me what you mean. And I showed him it and he went, well, that was easy. <laughs> and <then he> went, <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> he went, Brilliant. You're paying me for this. What went, a guy. Told me what you wanted and you just did it. Like, <laughs> I like him already. Yeah. I want to go get dance classes now, Kev. That was <laughs> he, he was like, he, he, was, he goes, do you play golf? I went, no. And he goes, good, because you'd be shy. <laughs> <laughs> he, he says, the problem with golf is that everyone wants to talk for hours and hours and hours about the perfect swing that they all just sometimes forget to put the ball in the hole. 
Brilliant analogy. <laughs> true, isn't it? It's true. Yeah. You know, like I say, I sometimes think this industry or our, you know, our industry, our, you know, the variants of our industry, you, you do get a lot of that sometimes. It's like, yeah. can we achieve this? Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's get there in the quickest possible route, you know? Yeah, yeah, I suppose yeah. that's art for you, isn't it, as well? Yeah. You know, we're probably being, I'm probably being a bit cynical. You know, <laughs> that's art for you, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a process. Um, but mate, I was going to go through a few things uh, of like the sort of mindset stuff of like, you know, imposter syndrome and, and uh, confidence and, and accountability and all that kind of thing that you talk about on your Instagram. But I think actually the better idea was I want to direct people to look at your Instagram and the videos that you put up each morning when you're running. Also, because I, I, I keep saying, you know, about the, the podcast, they tend to like, I just like having long discussions about stuff. And I keep saying, oh, yeah, we've got to keep them a bit shorter and snappier. And then I go, oh, yeah, but, you know, I could never do that because I like having, like, <laughs> like, that's my limited belief. You can't help yourself. <laughs> so I'm going to conquer that limiting belief of like, I can do a podcast that's less than nine hours. <laughs> but... I want to urge everyone to go to your Instagram because a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about in terms of uh, um, the mindset of, uh, of our identity of, of, you know, and our limiting beliefs and all that stuff. There's a lot of videos of you proving that you can do it. Yeah, no, I do. And I do it on purpose, you know, yeah. for inspiration. And it's for my actors as well. And people mm. want to be actors because I do believe that to be a good actor, you have to have a good mindset. Um, so yeah, basically it's, um, on Instagram, it's at Matzina Acting. Um, I'm on TikTok as well, which I put out oh, yeah. up there. Pretending to be young, Kevin. That's at Matzina. Um, and feel free, like I said, to um, give me a follow. Yeah, because mm. like I said, lots of daily content. I do really think about it. And it's a, it's a big part of what I do. And I'm really enjoying it at the minute. I didn't think it yeah. was, again, I had a limiting belief about social media. But mm. I've embraced it. And it, it's something that I really enjoy. And, and people contact me and say, look, I get so much out of it. I log onto your Instagram. And, and like you say, you know, you've noticed, you know, it's, it's nice. And that's what a lot of our conversation has been about today. Yeah. And it's, it's, that, that's interesting that you say that about social media, because I, I think I have that limiting belief about social media. Yeah. Like I, I have this sort of thing that like, oh, I don't know. I sort of, I know it's necessary, but I don't really like it. And, and I know there's things to be, to be done, you know, in terms of like, you can put all of your content out there, but if I, and, and sometimes I feel like, oh, I've got some really good things to say or like advice to, you know, other performers or whatever. But if, if I put it out there, are people going to think, oh, look, he's trying to look like one of them guys that is like giving out advice. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? But you've then that, you've still got that kind of like, you know, kind of just slight kind of questioning yourself. You've yeah. always had that, you know? Yeah. That, yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, but the, the thing is, the way I look at it is it, it's, it's adding value. You know, you can't, yeah. who, who's going to complain about somebody who's saying like, look, you know, even if you agree with it or disagree with it, I'm trying to add value to your, to your lives, put something out there that you can either use or disregard. It's fine. But, you know, at, at least there's people like us who are happy to, to add value to mm. people, social media. And I think, that, you know, I can't, I can't see why anything would, anybody would say it's not anything but a good thing. Mm. And, th and that's the thing. I look, you know, I look at yours and, uh, and, and I really enjoy it. 
and 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 sometimes it'll just come up on my Instagram and it'll get it'll give me like a little boost, you know, like it like you, you'll say something that'll resonate with me and and I'll be like, yeah, 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 that that's right. There's nothing in me that ever thinks, oh, Matt's trying to be some guy that's doing this and that and da 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 da. But for some reason, I think, oh, if, yeah, but if I start doing it, then oh, it's gonna look like I'm da 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 da. Oh, you've got to change those limiting yeah. beliefs, Kev. You've got to be glad. I'm going to burn those limiting beliefs. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 Matt. Yes, 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 Kev. <laughs> massive action. Big, massive, urgent action Big, always. Massive, urgent action. You go from thought to action. Anything else is procrastination. I'm like Rob at the end of his. Yeah. Coming up with all of them, all of the different um, quotes. All yeah, at yeah, once. yeah. No, but I love it. It's great. Um, yeah. Matt, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been, it's been wicked. It's been everything that I knew it would be. <laughs> and I, honestly, I've had an absolute ball. <laughs> I've had a really good time. Cheers, man. I really appreciate it. Obviously, the, the, the faith that you've shown in me, bringing on a podcast, having a, good, having a really good chat, chewing the fat. I've had a great time. And, and uh, also give us the details about your, um, your acting school as well. Absolutely, yeah. Matt Zinger Acting, mzacting.com. So if you want to check it out, we're doing classes all over the world. So um, on Zoom, in person, lots of different products, again, to add value. You do the belief, we do the products, and success becomes inevitable. There you go. There you go. I love it. Matt, thanks, mate. Really appreciate it. Honestly, Kev, it's been a ball. Anytime. See you later, mate. Thank you. (laughs) 